Bada dua kap talking. Dobra nolia kemiki otoba. Grand Moth Talkin' presents Fan Fiction Theatre, delicately curated long-form productions of fan fiction of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic, lovingly performed by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your hosts, Riley, Hello, Jasmine, How do you do? Jacob, <laughs> That's me. <laughs> And special guests, my wife. Hello. <laughs> I and a name. is Zeke also a special guest? <laughs> Me sometimes. Ah, him sometimes. Him sometimes. Ooh. He'll be in it out. We got a big one today, buddies. Yes. Now, I would argue before, listen, we just wanted to get our new fan fiction intro out of the way and do it because it's sure, fun. Sure, sure, sure. But I would argue that this isn't really technically fan fiction because as no, we know, this is going to be the new canonical episode nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney's going to buy it after we're done and release this in theaters. They've already bought it. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're rich, right, guys? We're already rich. We're already you can rich. See, mm-hmm. We're all on camera so we can see our mansions <laughs> that we're in. I'm wearing a tuxedo. Us. I'm literally petting a tiger right now. Yeah. Because I have all the money in the world. Yep. And I'm petting her head, <laughs> which I just, oh, I just hurt my hand on her crown. It's so oh, sharp. Yes. My, my tiara. <laughs> That's right. And now that we're rich, uh, we decided, you know, we did sell this movie. But yeah. let's give the listeners a little behind the scenes glimpse. And to be clear, Obviously, we're not adding any visuals. Gonna, people are going to sit in theaters and just listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought about actually putting this on YouTube, which was before it got bought to be put in theaters. And I was maybe mm-hmm. going to do like a, almost like a slideshow thing with some like concept art and stuff. But the studio said, no, we just want the audio <laughs> to play in the theaters. It'll be like the kind of like sound bar thing. You can see the. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Everyone knows what I mean when I say the sound they bar thing. They didn't mm-hmm. want like the watermark. Like pho- like Photoshop, like <laughs> <Yeah>. slideshows. <laughs> yes, Shutterstock.com yeah. images. <laughs> That's right. Um, but is my favorite part of the body. And we're going to talk about the script that we've been working on nigh on a year. Yes, true. Now, some would Even argue. Even though we were going to do it in six months. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. The novel coronavirus <laughs> took uh, took America by storm, in America only, yes. and it shut down production. It did. Like so many big productions, we had to shut down, we've all been working remotely, but it's good. It's, it's like when Harrison Ford broke his leg on the set of Force Awakens and allowed them to slow down and make the movie good, actually. If only someone had broken their leg on the set of Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> if only. We wouldn't for about... have to do this right now. <laughs> if only they had broken their <laughs> leg for about two more years. I think it would have been something great. <laughs> Daisy Ridley broke her entire spine. Wow. Um, Devastating. We wish her well. But we're going to kind of go through the rough draft of the script. Um, this is not the final production, but it's... Uh, We've read like snippets of uh, parts of it here and there, yep. and talk about the story. But I wanted to go through it and uh, have people read the parts. And uh, the ending is not totally done, so I thought which we is talk what about we're going to work on and try and figure that out a little bit too. By the end of this, my back will be much like Daisy Ridley's back; it will be broken, rest in spine, because uh, I'm I'm leaning so much into the mic. <laughs> you are, um, and into your wife. That's right. <laughs> Here, let me just, what if I just do this? Um, okay. All right. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. The legend is reborn. Tales of Luke Skywalker's heroic sacrifice at the Battle of Crate have spread to the furthest star systems, once again sparking hope 
in stoking flames of rebellion across the galaxy. After a successful series of attacks on First Order factories, General Leia Organa sends her best squadron to the war-torn planet of Naboo to extract a valuable battalion of First Order defectors. Meanwhile, seeking to end this rising resistance, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren dives ever deeper into the secrets of the dark side, searching for any advantage in the war. The crawl recedes into the starscape. A dark, triangular ship like a small star destroyer flies towards a marble-white planet. Cut to the dark, menacing glare of Kylo Ren that fills the flame. The frame. <laughs> Reflections of flames. See, this is why I'm confused. Reflections of flames dance in his eyes, wide to reveal an eerie, disorienting snowstorm. Black, ash-like snow falling against pale white mountains. It's hard to tell where the ground ends and the sky begins. In the middle of that storm, the hooded Kylo Ren trudges forth with dark determination, a mysterious object shrouded in sackcloth tucked under his arm. Ruins of a great wall line the mountains and hills, the remnants of an ancient civilization. Behind the Supreme Leader, the Knights of Ren march, and I won't read all their names, leaving behind a trail of dead, cultish acolytes in a village in flames. Lightning flashes and the ash turns to rain. Nobody says it, but we sense it. The force is strong with this place. With the lightning and carnage behind the Knights of Ren, we recall the strange imagery Rey saw in her Force back in Force Awakens. The Supreme Leader and his knights reach the top of the mountain and see the sprawling horizon of jagged white mountains topped with black snow. In the thick haze of rain, a Sith temple can be seen towering in the distance, tall, imposing, slightly uneven. It's suspended over an endless abyss by four enormous change, change the stretch from four mountaintops. Cut to. A short time later, Kylo and the knights approach the entrance. A hundred-foot door looms before them, made of some medieval cast iron and engraved with arcane Sith symbols. The knights of Ren bow their heads in solemn ritual as Kylo stretches his hand toward the door. Slowly it opens, and Kylo enters. The knights wait behind. Cut to Sith Observatory Interior. The door slams behind Ren. Whispers rush through the air. After a moment in complete darkness, light rises from no apparent source and the voices die out. Ren is in a long hallway. White, shiny floors, the marble walls etched with dark patterns. The hall leads to a round, a large round chamber, and in the middle of that chamber, a stone altar awaits. Kylo removes a sackcloth from the mysterious object he's hauled all this way, revealing the charred helmet of Darth Vader. He places it upon the altar, and a voice begins to emanate from a distant netherworld. My boy, grandfather, you have disappointed me. Kylo is dumbfounded, almost horrified, and so are we. This can't be Anakin. Who is this dark spirit using Darth Vader's voice? I have done everything you asked. That is why you fail. It makes no sense. All these years from the time he was a boy, and this is the response he gets? Kylo sees with rage. I have finished what you started. Regained every one of your failures. I killed my master and took his place. I killed Luke Skywalker. Only his body. Because of your childish rage, you have sealed his place in legend. The spawn of Anakin Skywalker lives on. And rebel flags in the rising light. Kylo looks embarrassed, dejected. I sense that light in you. You're wrong. Ben Solo is dead. His father is dead. And his mother? It's like a knife to the ribs. He barely manages to choke down the tears. She is old and weak. Only a child completes age with weakness. You are weak, boy. The supreme leader of a new empire. Yet still you lack control. Still you are subservient. To me, you have only traded your father's shadow for mine. I tried to kill the past. Still, the irony eludes you. Killing the past is the destiny of every Sith. Each one believes he will be the one to break the cycle, only to begin it yet again. The Force is a power, but that power has a will. That which is not in the will of the Force will not come to pass. Finally, Kylo begins to sense a lesson from all this, if an inscrutable one. You're saying the war can never end. So long as the will of the Force remains unchallenged, nothing ever ends. 
Kylo looks around at the ancient glyphs and engravings lining the chamber, zoom on images of floating beings surrounding a great obelisk. So why bring me here? If it's all preordained, if nothing matters. To show you the end. Kylo's eyes widen. The end of prophecies, the end of chosen ones, the end of balance. I will show you, grandchild, how to make it all matter, and once and for all bring peace and security. You will seal your own legacy by breaking the galaxy free of its true enemy, the Force. Ba -ba -ba. Da, da, da. This is cool, hearing it with the voices. <laughs> Greenwipe 2, Interior Resistance Base, the moon of Khaled Bog. Inside an almost medieval stone candlelit chamber, uh, retrofitted with computers and communications equipment, General Leia Organa speaks into her comm as Resistance members scurry about in the background. Commander, this mission is everything. It cannot fail. Cut to Theed Streets, Naboo, midday. Poe Dameron is being swarmed by blaster fire. He's pressed up against an ornate stone wall as four elite stormtroopers fire at him from down the alley. BB-8 is beside him, flinching at the noise and beeping nervously. Poe fires a couple futile shots and then... Click, click. Criff, he's out of ammo. Might be a little late for that. Do me a personal favor. Try to be optimistic. You first. The stormtroopers encroach on Poe. The edge of the wall begins to break away from the carnage. Suddenly, the sound of metal rolling against the ground. A small charge rolls down the alleyway. It bursts with electricity, and all the troopers jolt and collapse. Poe turns around. It's Finn, perched on the rubble of a fallen statue. You know what? I'm starting to feel better already. Quick cut to the resistance base. Leia gives a wry smile and walks off screen. Finn hops down from the rubble and Poe pats him on the back. Hope those weren't your guys. Not funny, ma'am. They walk up to the trooper bodies. Poe swaps out his empty blaster for one of theirs, and Finn points to the body of one of the fallen troopers. There are wires and circuitry exposed, sparking. That's new. Droids. They always told us it was a possibility, but... Must be sick of losing soldiers. Guess they're getting desperate. That's what scares me. They walk swiftly and carefully through the streets, BB-8 rolling behind them. They check around every corner, looking for patrols and walkers. What? Desperate is good, right? We were desperate. Made us fight harder, made us scarier, more reckless. Poe gives him the yeah, yeah nod. He gets the point. They round the corner and stop dead in their tracks. The two rebels now have a view of the city square, fully occupied by the First Order, rounding up civilians in the middle of the town. As desperate as I'm feeling, we ought to be able to fight pretty damn hard. Ray will come through. It's not Ray I'm worried about. Finn gives him a look. He's pissed. You really want to do this again? BB-8 gives a uh, hello kind of beep and gestures his head at the footholds on the building next to them. Poe knows what he means. Finn and Poe begin to scale the building using the footholds while BB-8 just rocks back and forth at the bottom, whistling to himself. As they climb, we pan out, finally able to see the city streets of Theed. Not the lush, idyllic planet we saw in The Phantom Menace. More like Cold War Berlin. Makeshift checkpoints, barbed fencing, and patrolling troops. Poe is about to hoist himself up to the roof when Finn reaches a hand out to stop him. He looks deep in thought, like he senses something. Silently, Poe gives a what's-the-deal kind of look. Sniper. He gestures for Poe to stay back. Finn quietly sneaks up on the roof. From Poe's perspective, we hear a grunt. From BB-8's perspective, the trooper from the roof slams on the ground next to him. Poe furrows his brow. How the heck did he know that? But there's no time to dwell on it. He hoists himself up to the roof, joining Finn. BB-8 looks up and shoots a grappling hook out of the front panel, which lets him scale the building in, like, two seconds. He beeps mockingly. From this height, they now have a full view of the square, which I think I've said, like, three times now. They really can see it now. <laughs> Civilians have been rounded up by a variety of stormtroopers. Men, women, and children of various species. That's right, there's aliens in here. Woo. Are on their knees, <laughs> hands to their head. The crowd cheers at just the very sight of familiar aliens. Just all abonettos. <laughs> That's right, it's all abonettos. The First Order is clearly preparing for some kind of sick ceremony. Finn produces binocs from his pack and gets a better look. His eyes track what was once clearly an immaculate central pathway, but has now been ravaged by a war. It leads from the city square to the Senate building. A First Order flag hangs defiantly from it. ATSDs methodically patrol the streets, 
and a Star Destroyer looms low in orbit ominously in the distance. They should be marching around any minute now. BB, start scanning those patrol patterns. BB-8 perches himself on the ledge of the building, and the light in his eye turns from red to blue as he scans the plaza. His rear panel opens, a small projector, as he scans a grid-like hollow map begin to take shape. Let's just so far turn crows held up there and... They're believers, man. It's for real. Poe's distracted by something else. Alright, I guess I do want to do this again. You're sure your guys are okay on their own? Finn has heard this conversation before and is tired of it. Do you trust me? Poe looks taken aback. Do, do I? Do you trust me? Of course. Then you trust them. Cut to Interior Star Destroyer Factory Hangar. Sparks fly and equipment buzzes in an enormous First Order Star Destroyer factory. First Order Grease Monkeys work tirelessly on half-finished destroyers, most of them non-human, because they racist. <laughs> we focus in on one green Nikto. <laughs> he Whoa. walks the decks and not quite accidentally bumps into a human worker carrying tools. Upon being bumped, he drops them. <laughs> so say some gibberish. Okay, uh, I'm like, oh, I don't think you do this in English. <laughs> if only I knew uh, a tease. <laughs> Great. The Nikto noticeably slips his hand into his pockets and walks away. The human slips his hand into his pocket. We just barely see the thing that brings a smile to his face. A thermal detonator. Cut you. Feed streets. First order occupation. First order. Grand Admiral Ray Sloan walks confidently in step with R.T., the defeated-looking Feed Senator. An assortment of drone troopers. Oh, I forgot to change that. They're droids. They're not drones. March <laughs> in tow with elite troopers at Arati's side, pointing blasters at her as they walk. Straighten your spine, Senator. You chose the right side. This is a glorious day for your people. I didn't choose this. Your supreme leader chose it for us. Our supreme leader, Senator. Yours and mine. Pledging your allegiance to a dying sect of terrorists would have sealed a miserable fate for this system. You are doing what is best for your people. That's what you tell me. That's what you'll tell them. Sloane leans in threateningly and whispers in her ear. And you had bloody well better be convincing. Pan down from the First Order procession beneath the ground all the way to a system of subterranean tunnels. A thin beam of light streams through a crack in the pathway above. A figure steps from the shadow and into the light. Rose Tico. She touches her calm. We know how tall these defectors are. No, why? It's gonna be a tight squeeze. In the tunnels? In the cockpits. Have you ever seen one of these things? Behind Rose, the faint glint of glass can be seen in the distance, but no distinct shape can be seen. If they can fly dupes, they can wrangle those junk dusters. Where are our 218s? Finn tries to hide the fact that he's nervous. These are clearly his guys. At the tunnels, a line of resistance members, the 218s, sprint hurriedly to Rose. As they run past, she hands them each a thermal detonator from a crate beside her. They're wearing strange helmets obscured by the dark. They disappear down the tunnels. 218s are hot. Where's our map? Finn gives Poe an I-told-you-so kind of look, and Poe gives him another yeah-yeah nod. BB-8, it's showtime, pal. BB-8 whistles and starts uploading the hollow map. Rose receives it on a wrist device on her end. Got it. Transferring to bombers now. And here comes the gray suit. The gray suit is Sloan. Her procession finally reaches the center of the city square, where hundreds of civilians look on in fear. Sloan ushers Arati to her side. Poe presses his calm. We're not sure who he's talking to. All right, buddy, you're up. Cut to Feed City Square. Grand Admiral Sloan stands menacingly behind R.T. R.T. steps up to a makeshift podium and begins addressing the people of Feed. This is a day of celebration. For today, we join legions of star systems who have embraced peace and order to the galaxy. As she gives her speech, our heroes get into position. Finn hops his way across the rooftops to get to a building across from Poe. Poe gets in a sniper position. Rose stands ready beneath a sewage grate with a welding torch. Quick montage of the 218 squadron placing bombs on the tunnel ceiling above them. 
In the First Order factory, certain workers begin exchanging knowing nods. Outside, the speech continues. The people are sullen, beaten, pan up to the looming Star Destroyer. Inside it, General Hux looks proudly out the bridge window at the lush city of Thede. I lied, apparently. I guess it's lush. <laughs> From his perspective, <laughs> the magnifier shows a closer look at the proceedings. Another city now belongs to them. To him, he smiles. Thus, it is with humility and gratitude that I rescind my position in favor of our one true leader. Our supreme leader... So we can finally return to the galaxy to prosperity. By rejecting rebellion. By rejecting disorder. Rejecting the heretical myth of the Jeff. A mechanical whir fills the atmosphere. Heads turn up toward the cloudy sky. Suddenly, in the near distance, a ship bursts forth from the clouds, speeding downward toward the crowd. Troopers ready their weapons. Sloane's eyes narrow with confusion. It's the Millennium Falcon. It swoops low, dangerously low to the ground, and just as it's over the center of the town, a cloaked figure drops from the ship, causing dust to swirl up from the rubble. The falcon spikes upward, away from the crowd, and veers away from view. Dramatically, the hooded figure, shrouded by the dust, rises to full height as troopers ready their weapons. A yellow glow cuts through the dust, and after a beat, another, revealing a cocksure Jedi wielding a double-bladed lightsaber. Ray. What are you waiting for? Fire! Bam, a trooper flies back from a shot to the head from Finn's blaster. Bam, another trooper is knocked to the ground. Finn's point this time. Chaos ensues. Some troopers fire at Finn, some at Poe, some at Ray. She makes a hell of an entrance. It's the exit I'm worried about. Some of the civilians expose their resistance rings and begin rioting against the troopers. In the city square, Ray backs up against Arati, placing a hand behind her, letting her know she's protected. The droid troopers step up. Blaster bolts come at her, and time seems to slow. Ray closes her eyes and lets out a calm exhale. In one fluid motion, the, the, in two swift turns of her saber, she twirls around Arati and reflects each bolt back at the troopers. Each drone <laughs> now falls to their knees and collapses. Before Sloane can even reach for her sidearm, Ray has a beaming blade at her neck. The other groups of troopers back up nervously, though still pointing their weapons at Ray. In the corner of her eye, Ray notices the circuitry sizzling from the fallen troopers. Cut to interior Star Destroyer Bridge. Hux is furious. His face twitches in rage. Confusion. Not again. He turns to his right-hand man, Captain Jiriel Stein. What are we waiting for? Deploy Wraith Squadron! Cut to Feed's Central Square. <laughs> I had trouble reading that. You can't deflect them all, Jedi. You're surrounded by two dozen men. Droids. And four patrol walkers coming straight for... Boom. 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 There's an explosion underneath each of the ATSTs. Their chicken legs buckle beneath them, and they fall to the ground, useless. Sloane's icy demeanor briefly... Briefly? <laughs> falters, giving way to disbelief. Quick cuts to Finn, cheering, and BB-8 giving a sassy beep from the building above them. Sloane snaps back to Ray in anger. You think you've won, but you haven't thought this through. All you have is that cultish relic of a blade and a couple of friends with blasters. We have a Star Destroyer at the ready with a legion of TIE Fighters on their way. Don't fighters typically require pilots? Uh, cut to Feed Tunnels. Rose has just finished searing away the ventilation grate. She steps back as the grate falls to the ground, shortly followed by about two dozen stormtroopers. Okay, let's go, go, go! Cut to Interior <laughs> Star Destroyer Bridge. Captain Stein runs back to Hux sheepishly. Uh, Riley, you want to be this guy? Yeah, I'll do it. Uh, There's a a problem, sir. Where's my squadron? Uh, There was some sort of staffing error, sir. A what? Uh, Well, it seems the entire Wraith squadron was sent for uh, ground duty. Hux's face falls. We hear the sound of cockpit doors hissing shut. Follow Rose as she checks to make sure each defector enters their ship. One of the defectors looks unsure as he settles into his seat. Uh, Riley, you should be this guy, because defector number one is uh, Pitt later. Pitt. Okay. Is he, just a, Pitt. is he just a human man? He's a human man. Okay. Uh, ma'am, with all due respect, is this the best we got? Are you the best we got? 
Because that's the whole reason we're doing this. If you can't fly this, then you can... I'm sorry, ma'am. Understood. Intercut between each of our heroes. Standing by. Finn descends from his rooftop position and walks stridently up to Ray. Standing by. Standing by. <laughs> All right, gang, hold on to your helmets. Rose closes defector number one's cockpit door, pats it, and speaks into a megaphone-like device. Okay, rebels, straight out the falls, then follow the leader. Let's move. Lights flare on the revving ships. Finally, we see the shape of them and the color, faded yellow. The Falcon swoops up to a beautiful waterfall, and suddenly, whoosh, splash, one by one, the defectors fly out from the waterfall in Naboo Starfighters. Chewie bleats out a battle cry and leads their new pilots towards the Star Destroyer. (laughs) (laughs) And the audience is just cheering so hard at that. Hux looks out the bridge, glaring at the scene in disbelief. He exhales through his nostrils and calms himself. He turns to Stein, and Stein speaks first. The only logical explanation, sir, is that there's a spy on board. A terrorist sympathizer leaking our information. Hux whips out his sidearm and shoots Stein in the head. He collapses lifelessly. I agree. I'm dead. Hux kneels... <laughs> Killed you. Hux kneels down next to the body and rips off Stein's glove. Sure enough, he's wearing a small resistance ring. Well, that's just Bridge staff... What's that now? Well, that's just not very smart of Stein, is what that's I'm saying. That's not very smart. <laughs> it's not very smart. But He it's... wasn't a very good spy. I, I've feel like to them it's like people that like they gotta wear their crucifix or something like no it's like it's important no i like it the bridge staff looks on trying to hide their horror hux just gestures at one of them to clean up the mess he huffs toward the door heading to his quarters get every pilot on board to their fighters and until we understand what has transpired here do not speak of this to anyone outside this bomb a massive hologram of kylo ren appears before hux startling him Kylo's full figure is visible, tall, imposing, nearly scraping the ceiling. He looks down on Hux. What have you done now? Back to the city square, Sloane looks up at the, uh, as the falcon flies overhead, starfighters in tow. Arati is delighted and sneers at the Grand Admiral. The civilians cheer. Okay, and we're just going to kind of, they fight this a little bit. Uh, Chewie and the Defector Squadron, Wraith Squadron, take on the Ties coming from the Star Destroyer, and their goal is to ward off the Ties and buy the Resistance enough time to take out all the troopers on the ground and take control of the uh, First Order anti-air defense cannons that they've mounted around the city. That way the citizens of Naboo can defend their city. Finn and Poe meet up with Ray in the town square and take down the remaining droid (laughs) troopers. Ray and Finn are particularly in sync, and she takes notice. Um, this part, uh, I added for myself, but ignore that paragraph long typo. The gang encourages the citizens of Thee to take up, uh, guns of the fallen troopers and start joining in the fight. Again, a lot of them are wearing the rebellion rings from Last Jedi. Soon enough, the First Order is outnumbered by the newly liberated Thede. Ray Sloan tries to talk some smack, and they point to the Senate building. Finn's battalion have burned down the First Order flag and drape a rebellion flag in its place. We see them clearly now. They're wearing war-painted stormtrooper helmets, making it clear that Finn's battalion is made up of ex-stormtroopers. Citizens cheer. Everyone clapped. Sloan is furious. You think this means anything? This is nothing but a distraction. Exactly. Sloane looks confused. With all your resources focused on us, you failed to notice the defectors on the other side of your planet. Pan in on Sloane's horrified, angry face. The one that's blowing up your factory. Cut to Naboo. Star Destroyer Factory, a quick shot of a group of rebels in turncoat first orders exiting the massive Star Destroyer Factory. The lead rebel that we saw earlier hits a button on a detonator and the factory explodes. Before Sloane can be taken prisoner, she bites down on a suicide capsule in her teeth. It electrifies her and she dies, saying, long live the Supreme Leader. Once the flag is up, the Falcon swings back around to pick up foe. <laughs> New character. <laughs> I love Fo. I knew it was going to happen every time now, I like. Poe and Finn. Yours says foe? No, no. I just like oh. spoonerized. Gotcha. Poe, Finn, Finn, Ray, Rose, and BB 8. 
they quickly board as Wraith Squadron and the newly reclaimed anti-air cannons uh, defends it against ties. Just as Rey is about to board the Falcon, she feels something, a cold shiver. She turns around, whips out her saber, and sure enough, Kylo Ren stands before her. Their force bond was not severed. Their surroundings darken and time appears to stand still. This isn't a victory. You're just prolonging the inevitable. So come here and end it. Right here, right now. It's not time yet. But the end is coming, Ray. The end of the war and the end of the will of the Force itself. Sounds like an excuse to stay on your throne. Haunt me from afar. Join me and I'll show you. You're only alive because I let you. Or you're just worried you'll embarrass yourself in front of your men again? And I haunt you because I use you. Oh, there's more. <laughs> that's why that's why it says more. <laughs> like I used you to get in your head back on Starkiller to kill Snoke. I know you, Ray, more than you know yourself. The dark side isn't done with you yet, and neither am I. The light isn't done with you either. Oh, sorry. That's what your mother says anyway. Kylo Ren seethes and ignites his saber. But Rey has left him behind. She boards the Falcon, and it takes off. Cut to interior Millennium Falcon. Everyone scrambles to their positions, but Finn stops Rey as she moves toward the cockpit. He places a hand on her shoulder. Him again? We'll talk about it later. Rey hustles to the cockpit. Finn looks a little worried about... Or a little worried, but moves to the gunner's seat, pan over to Rose, who has seen this entire exchange and looks conflicted. At the cockpit, Ray gets ready to slide next to Chewie when she realizes someone's in her seat, Poe Dameron. They exchange an awkward glance. Oh, did, did, did you want to... No, no, no. Because it's, it's not a big deal or, or anything. No, not a big deal. I just figured if you were going to lightspeed skip, it'd be best to have someone who understands the compression system. I think I got it. Thanks. So you've done it before? Plenty of not in the Falcon. You think you have more experience than me? With a convoy, Skip? In the Falcon? Yeah, I... You know how old I was when I flew my first theater? Do you know how old I was? You're unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Bam! The ship's been hit and the cockpit shakes. That snaps them out of it. Ray leaves the cockpit as Poe and Chewie uh, ready for takeoff. And so then basically the like lightspeed skip thing happens from... Uh, Rise of Skywalker, but the, the Starfighters are also trailing, making it more complicated. Eventually, they lose the ties and get back to base. Hard cut to Hux, falls on the floor, gasping for breath. He grasps at his throat and coughs. <coughs> and we hear, off screen, the sinister voice of Kylo Ren. Anything else? Wide to reveal that Hux is lying at the feet of Kylo Ren's throne. The throne room is a garish blend of black and metal, like his old helmet. Flanking Kylo on each side are the Knights of Ren. A dozen First Order higher-ups stand at attention, single file, trying not to glance down at Hux. Hux stands to his feet. Their liberation will be short-lived, Supreme Leader. The factory will be rebuilt within the month. The spy has been terminated. The city's new militia cannot withstand a full-scale attack, and any spark of hope ignited will be swiftly snuffed out. Your instability on the bridge was inexcusable. Any subordinate is to be brought to me. Hux's eyes betray his rage. Yes, Supreme Leader. Oh, I'll say this, actually. He, uh, Kylo senses something in the forest and turns his attention. There's something on your mind, Director Baron. Um, I don't know. Do, Jasmine hasn't done anything in a while. Do you want to be Director Baron? <laughs> One of the First Order Grey suits, Director Baron, looks at the Knights of Ren. He doesn't want to say this in front of them. The men are growing restless, Supreme Leader. While you and your knights search the unknown regions for, uh... He looks at Kylo, then everyone else, hoping someone will finish his sentence, because the truth is nobody knows what the hell they're looking for. Some kind of advantage. The officers and the populace want something more immediate. Something to rekindle the fear. Our scientists have mocked up several potential... 
Ren lifts a finger, and the director promptly shuts up. Ren descends from his throne and begins to pace between the rows of officers. Need I remind you of... Let me start over. <laughs> Kylo Ren gets up to his throne, sits back down, stands back up. <laughs> Need I remind you all of your precious Starkiller base? Toiling for decades in those old Jedi ruins to build an oversized blaster. And in an instant, it blew up in your faces. Time and again, you and your forefathers have relied on the same methods, the same technological terrors. As long as the Force remains in balance, this war of attrition will never end. The officer's expressionless masks momentarily crack at that word. Your. Your forefathers blew up in your faces. Ren sees himself as separate, as different. He reaches the centerpiece of his throne room and places a hand upon it, the mask of Darth Vader. The Emperor found Snoke, and Snoke found me. What found them? He looks to Hux. They've all heard this song and dance before. Hux nearly cringes when he says it. The dark side. That is what is guiding our progress, creating a, cha <clears throat> creating a chain that leads us closer to purity, to become the true empire we've always sought to be. The men are clearly conflicted. This man sees himself as greater than the Emperor, which borders on blasphemy. Now, you are excused. My knights and I have finally been shown the path to a true advantage. Cut to interior Star Destroyer outside the throne room. Uh, I'll be general pride here. The First Order Admirals march down the hall, no longer bothering to conceal their frustration. Oh, wait, no, I won't be pride. I'm already Hux. Um... <laughs> You, okay, so Zeke is Rector Baron, right? No, that's not good. Jasmine was Baron. Zeke can be Pride. I want to hear Zeke okay. do his English. That sounds great. <laughs> we all had to do our English today. <laughs> okay. Who is Kylo Ren to speak of instability? Or to elevate himself above the Emperor. Yet the dark side does guide him. You have seen yourself how he infiltrates minds. How can we be sure he has not discerned our intentions? If he had, we would no longer be standing. A testament to his clouded mind, Skywalker's rebellion burns across the galaxy, and Ren chases old ghosts. And if he finds this vague advantage? Then we will use it against him, or else find one of our own. I just How want to clap English? for Zeke's English accent. <laughs> that was know. good. It was a good English accent. Cold, too. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny English yeah, over very here. Good. <laughs> Far better than my own. Do you want to be Ray? <laughs> I think you're doing I'll a good job. I think your Ray is good, Christina. <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying it. Ray is good. Resistance Base, the cliffside ruins of Khaled Bog. C3PO and R2D2 walk along the autumn brown hillocks in the misty seaside plains of Khaled Bog. Twisted branches and orange canopies line the horizon as the two move toward distant castle ruins. Did you hear that? My joints again, and don't ask me which ones. I can hardly keep track anymore. Eventually, they'll replace so many of my parts, there'll be none of me left. R2 lets out a string of taunting whistles and beeps. Elderly, you're the one whose wheels are rusted, you pompous scrap heap. R2 whistles in protest. Speak for yourself. The longer Master Ray and the crew are out on that dreadful starship, the longer we can have a little peace and... The Millennium Falcon screams in from hyperspace, flying toward a spaceport carved into the cliff below the castle. Oh dear. Ships land one by one in a docking bay carved into the seaside bluff. Everyone excitedly hugs as they reunite. Ray sees Leia and the two walk back to base. Finn meets up with the latest stormtrooper defectors, but Poe seems uninterested in the reunion. He's determined, keyed up. Finn notices this and catches up with him. You got somewhere to be? For the first time since we started this, we're even. Last factory's gone, hell of a fleet. Yeah, pretty sure that's why people are excited. Poe finally stops and puts a hand on Finn's shoulder. For once, they're in our shoes. What they've got is what they've got. They've got a lot, though. But they can't make more, which means now is the time to let up. Poe turns and whistles to the new recruits. Race Squadron! We got a lot of ground to cover, let's... Finn steps in front of Poe and puts a hand on his shoulder. What did Leia say? Poe huffs. He's heard this a thousand times. Yeah, yeah. What did she say? It's not just about burning them down. It's about building something new. A new life. Gotta let them live it. Alright. Tomorrow morning. We get to work. The two smile and start walking toward base. You just want a party, don't you? 
Just a little one. <laughs> Cut to exterior resistance base, Calibog Night. A huge party is in full swing. A bonfire illuminates a dance party with all manner of resistance humans and aliens dancing, drinking, and laughing. Rose convinces a sheepish maintenance worker to join in and dance with her. Pan out to reveal Ray is watching on, beaming from the castle gates. She taps her foot to the music, bobs her head a little. She notices another glow in the distance, along the tree line. She walks towards it to find Finn, standing before his group of First Order turncoats. There's about 20 of them standing at attention, all watching on in adoration. What you all have done, I know how hard it is, how much easier it is to give in to the routine, follow orders, shove those doubts down, but I also know how it feels to give in to them, to do something about them. In my first battle, when I finally realized what we were, what I was, it was like my whole life had been sleepwalking. And I was awake. Ray is struck by his wording. She knows that feeling, too. Also, now there's a lot less toilets to clean, so... The group laughs. Finn smiles and looks up, locks eyes with Ray. A little later, Finn walks up to Ray. Ray decides to stage an impromptu test. A lame one, but it's short notice. Without a word, she lobs her empty glass to Finn. Finn catches it effortlessly, effortlessly. <laughs> regarding the empty glass. You shouldn't have... This whole thing was your your idea. Shouldn't you be out there? I like the view better from here. I mean... Oh, oh sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Ray smirks. Finn suddenly realizes how it sounded. I mean, watching them. He gestures to the party in the distance. Remind me what it's... <laughs> Jesus. I'm all nervous flirting with this girl. <laughs> Reminds me what it's all about. I know what you mean. What... Weren't exactly a lot of parties back home. When I try to dance, I feel like everyone can see me trying. Yeah, First Order tended to discourage fun. They pause, try and fail to avoid eye contact. After a beat, Finn turns to Ray. But that's not why we're out here, is it? No, it's not. She somehow knows what he means. That confirms it. The Force is calling to him, to both of them. At first I thought... They were dreams, nightmares, but now I think there's something else. You feel it too. Something dark. Like something's coming. Or coming back. Cut to Interior Star Destroyer Bridge. Hux paces the bridge as officers work at their stations. He surveys the lower decks, then the stars, when suddenly he hears a whisper. Hux turns around. Nobody else seems to have heard it. He turns back around. Huck swivels around. What the hell is going on? He follows the whisper and it leads him through the halls. And Jake realizes that he's going to be in a conversation with himself soon in an upcoming scene. <laughs> he brushes against stormtroopers until eventually it leads him to the entrance to the throne room. He hesitates, gulps, and touches the panel. The door opens. The room is empty, but for its centerpiece, the helmet of Darth Vader. He walks towards it, confused, the echoes of his footsteps filling the chambers. And this should be Zeke, because he was Darth Vader earlier, right? Did I do Darth Vader's voice, or...? Uh, yes, okay. do Darth Vader's voice. <laughs> I gotta remember what I was doing for Darth Vader's voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a really high-pitched... <laughs> <Yeah>. At last! <laughs> <laughs> Jasmine, you should be <laughs> <laughs> At last. What is this? The end, General Hux, and a new beginning. He finally accepts it. It's coming from the mask. The words somehow transmitting directly into his skull. Lord Vader. From the depths of the whisper, a clear voice rises. And it's me. <laughs> This mask is but a vessel for your true leader. Hux can scarcely believe it. Emperor Palpatine. A dark, warbling mist flows out like smoke and static. Barely visible in its midst is the visage of Emperor Palpatine. Instinctively, Hux kneels before the altar. Rise. My spirit dwindles, and there is work to be done. Of course, my lord. The resistance must be... Spare me. You know the true threat to our order. It is why I have chosen you. He regains his confidence. Kylo Ren. The Prince of Alteron, the smuggler's son. 
As long as a petulant child sits on the throne, this order will always be a mere shadow of the Empire. Huck smiles. I will do what must be done. Only I have the strength to defeat Ren and the Scavenger. I am bound to this vessel, but you can help set me free. And I have seen to it that the boy will pave the path to his own destruction, so long as you do what I ask. His eyes gleam with dark determination. Tell me. Cut to Octo, baby! Kylo and the Knights of Ren ascend the Jedi steps, scouring the island for any clue as to the whereabouts of the wills. The Knights tear apart the huts in the living quarters as caretakers look on from the bushes, looking angry. Later, one of the Knights returns from the charred ruins of the Jedi Library and hands Kylo the only remaining item. I just also realized I have another problem. I know. Um, which is that you're Luke Skywalker <laughs> yeah. and Kylo Ren. And Kylo. So maybe Zeke should be Luke? Sure. Or should Jasmine be Luke since she's our world's biggest Luke stan? <laughs> okay, Zeke, you can be Luke Skywalker. Coming up. Spoiler alert, but Luke's going to be here. Um, so anyway, later one of the knights returns from the charred ruins of the Jedi Library and hands Kylo the only remaining item, a single scrap of paper. Useless. Octo Training Grounds, Cliffside. Kylo Ren looks out at cliffs, the waves, <laughs> the waves crashing against the bluffs, the infinite sea, it taunts him. He knows what he needs, it's just a matter of finding it. Suddenly he feels a presence, his hand moves to his belt and he hears a voice behind him. Can I help you? Kylo swivels around, saber ignited and stares in disbelief at the ghost of his former master. So it's true, you are dead. Embracing another form of living. I'm not sure you're living at all. I spoke to your father. Odd. He didn't mention you today, though he often does. You lied. In our training, the Force, it's not symbiotic. It controls us far more than we control it. And now, I'm going to end it. You and all your men could scarcely ram down a door, and you think you can destroy the Force? Not the Force. Those who pull its strings. Luke nods, impressed but unsurprised. The Wills. Beings of cosmic force, as old as time itself. The Jedi tried to commune with them before they lost their way. We used to have a book about them, but some old fool burned down the library. You're dead. You can't stop me. Of course I can't. You're on a path. Now, to Ashla. That's where you'll find them. Why would you tell me that? I'm telling her. Smash cut to Rey, waking up in a cold sweat in her bed. Rey has seen all this as a vision, and when she leaps out of bed, lightsaber drawn, she can see Luke and Kylo on the cliffside of Octo. It was her force bond with Kylo. Somehow Luke activated it to get her information. Luke bows his head and disappears. Rey runs angrily toward Kylo and the two clash sabers. You'll never destroy them! You have no idea what's happening. You know nothing. Nothing of the Force, the Wills, the galaxy, nor your place in it. Rey grits her teeth and parries Kylo's blow. She flips over him, catching him off guard, and pushes him back toward the cliff's edge. Fate drove us together. The Wills, that's on them. Your powers... Your parents abandoning you, abandoning you, all because the Force willed it. They continue clashing. Kylo Force freezes Rey in place, but she breaks out of it like Superman breaking out of chains. You don't even know why they left you. I don't care. It was because they... Oh, I don't know why I turned around that. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Who is that? <sighs> it was because they feared you, your strength, your power with no way to control it. So they tossed you aside, like my parents did to me. Rey begins to use her anger in the fight. The information doesn't sting her. Kylo does. Does he still think he can use me? We're not the same. No matter how much you want us to be, you're alone. So are you. We're not like uh, We're not like the others. Your so-called friends, they're afraid of you too. And you're afraid of what you'll do to them if you lose control. And you're afraid of what you'll do to them if you lose control. And as soon as you're no longer useful to their cause, they'll dump you, just like your family did. But I know you, Ray. 
I know you better. She takes another step toward Kylo. I know you need everyone to be as twisted and haunted as you, to convince yourself that you're no worse than the others. She lunges, slices, and Kylo steps back again. I know your mother still loves you, believes in you, and every day you reject it. Another slice, another step back. And I know you're easily distracted. She force force pushes Kylo (laughs) and he flies off the cliff. He reaches out his arm and manages to cling onto the cliff's edge with one hand, his fingertips digging into the rock. Ray stands above him with a look of satisfied menace. This can all end right here, right now. One quick slice of the saber. Her eyes catch something in the distant waters. The dark cave. Ray retracts her saber and reaches out her hand to Kylo. He takes her hand. She pulls him back up to the surface. He's collapsed on the rock, panting. Ray walks toward the temple. Her back turned to Ren. Why? Why did you save me? I... I don't know. The force bond breaks and Ray winces. After a moment, she runs to the chest in the corner of her room. She opens it, the ancient Jedi text. BB-8 rolls over to her nervously and beeps out a message of concern. I'm... I'm fine, BB-8. I just need to... As she frantically searches the pages, the door opens. Is everything okay? Fine. It's Ren, isn't it? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Ray finally looks up from the books. How did you know? A feeling. Also, oh, sorry. (laughs) Ray raises an eyebrow. Also, all the yelling and lightsaber sounds. She smiles and tosses a book to him. Here, look for anything mentioning the Wills or Ashla. Got it. They sit cross-legged on the floor, pouring through the pages. Finn steals a glance, admiring Ray's tenacity. BB-8 looked through one of the texts, too. These little Jedi had some terrible handwriting. I can barely even... Yeah. She points at a symbol on the page, and Finn peers over her shoulder. It looks like a yin-yang symbol with an old monk holding a sword. The one from the ancient Jedi temple on Octo. What language is that? I have no idea, but the symbol. This is it. How do you know? I've seen it before. There's a brief look of excitement between them, but Finn's face falls. You know what we gotta do now, right? Ray's face falls too. She knows what he means. Ugh. Cut to interior resistance base Khaled Bog. Just making sure I was still recording. Close on C-3PO's shiny hands, moving along the pages of the Jedi texts. A blue light moves along the page. Pull out to reveal the texts are scattered along a great round table in a large antechamber. R2 scans the pages as 3PO translates. Knights of the round table vibes. Oh my, it is such an honor to be of service, I must say. R2 squeaks. Nobody's paying attention to 3PO. His voice trails off. Poe, Rose, Ray, and Finn are next to 3PO mid-argument. And there's going to be some people talking at the same time. So we'll see if we can manage that. Um, The goal is just to kind of get that kind of like chaotic vibe of like when people are talking over each other. So you don't have to really read it exactly. Um, Before we do that, I just want to say I love the visual of droids reading books sounds like the least Star Wars things you can do and I love it that it's the Star Wars I know I would I want to see BB's little hand just like flipping pages I know, I know. A metal hand fantastic. something about <laughs> it just felt very cute to see like his little like protuberance flipping a page yeah protuberance <laughs> first word that came to mind protuberance question okay are we yeah. are we doing all of this today yeah that that's what I was wondering because we're it's thirty pages an in and we've been recording for uh, an hour. I want to get it. I want to do the whole thing if you guys have time. Um, that's gonna be a long episode that I don't know if I'll be able to go in and add things in. You know what I mean? We could yeah, we have to add things in, that's in a, half, or we could cut it in half. We yeah, could do that. Although I feel I was like thinking, haven't we done an episode where we just like read the first half of this already? If we, we want to skip part past this part, we could. Um, we've already read like this. Yeah, we did a lot of that intro. Here's what my, I'm thinking. My desire was to read through it to see how it hangs together, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as a singular story. I'm fine going through the whole thing. Uh, I think we should split it up into two episodes. And maybe okay. maybe this is the spot to do it, just because I don't know if I can... It's going to end up being like two and a half hours if we if we do this right. whole thing. Sure. Okay. Do we want to do like an outro for like this episode or something or what? Um, we just keep going. 
Yeah, maybe because it's been it's been a, a while. Yeah. Well, let's let's say this is the end of uh, at least part one of yeah. our <laughs> at least part one. At least <laughs> it's part not going to be only part one. There won't be many parts. <laughs> that's right. Of our uh, reading through of the script. That's why I uh, put the script and, on the right side so that you can see. And so Jasmine said something. Oh, and there's music. And I don't have the intro that I made. So we'll see how close I can get because this has been Fan Fiction Theater. Delicately curated productions and performances a fan fiction of the Star Wars, internationally beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic, uh, performed lovingly by the loquacious and soothing voices of your hosts, Riley. Mm-hmm. Jasmine. Me. Jake, me, and... You really fumbled that outro. Disagree. Let's do the president. 45. No, I'm not there. Oh, I delete. No. Do it again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Four claps. I'm going to have to. 54. Reverse president. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for president 54. <laughs> Maybe we'll be dead. Fourth president. We will finally get it right. You'll be dead. I'm about to say, I don't think we'll be alive for that. <laughs> 54. Um, that's a while from now. I don't feel like doing math, but I'm pretty sure that's 100 years. I think that's exactly 100 years. Okay, Jake, you going to do the intro? Sure, I can do the intro. Oh, should I do the thing that I posted earlier? Yes. Okay, I should probably Here. pull that up. You got the Sidious cooked into the your vocal cords. I do also have the C-3PO. Yeah, you got the 3PO cooked into your vocal cords. Nobody actually has to be R2. I've got R2 cooked into my vocal cords. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's quite the talent. I also think that Zeke should be Chewbacca. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yes, yes, very good. Who's Vader? Oh, that's going to be Riley because he has a voice changing thing. Okay. Um, Riley's just going to be talking to himself. Yes. Oh, wait. <laughs> My boy, you have disappointed yeah, me. Yeah, you are going to... Wait, you can't be <laughs> Kylo Ren and... And Vader. And Vader. Oh, Maybe body. Zeke can be Kylo Ren. No! Zeke can be Vader. I want to be Kylo. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Vader like doesn't Kylo. actually have that many lines. Okay. Um. Who is Leia? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, it's Jasmine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's currently eating. I gotta talk to you. What? Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I had to eat the bagel bite. Got the bagel bite. Did you eat like five bagel bites? Oh. <laughs> hey, don't judge her. <laughs> <laughs> and by rejecting the heretical. <laughs> Harry Tickle. Harry Tickle. Harry Tickle. Oh, Harry Tickle. <laughs> Rejecting the heretical myth of the Jedi. Are we enjoying this so far? Is this all right? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Zeke said he really liked it when you got up. He didn't want to say it in front of you. Well, I was going to say uh. it, but he got up before I could say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And as soon as you're no longer useful to them, gosh, sorry. Sometimes when I'm speaking in this voice, I can hear it at the same time, and it messes me up. Oh, that's <laughs> yes, that's confusing. So, here, every every year since I've graduated, my graduating teacher sends me a text on my birthday and Christmas. This year, oh. it's. Jasmine, may the true spirit of Christmas shine in your heart, light your path, and bring only happiness and joy to your life. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. That's... Every year. What a That's nice odd. 
personal message that she definitely doesn't just copy and paste to everybody. That's so weird. It's, you still talk to your so, teacher? It's really weird. Yeah. You must have made quite an impression. Now read that line as the emperor. <laughs> or she doesn't have any friends and she's like, hey, my old student. Merry <laughs> <laughs> <Happy> Christmas. <laughs> I think that, Jake, I want you to read that text as the emperor. <laughs> That's Jasmine's teacher. Don't wanna be. Man. <laughs> oh, she sent it to her mom, not. May the true spirit of Christmas shine in your heart. Light. <laughs> and bring only happiness and joy to your Oh, life. I thought. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. <laughs> I thought that you said. That you were going to text me, Zeke. I got all confused. No, I thought Jasmine sent it to you guys. She sent it to her mom. Oh, so I no, thought I would I'd... go ahead and read it in the Emperor's voice. <laughs> I was like, You should oh. make that an outtake, Riley. <laughs> That's great. You the size of the, the outtakes are, Zeke. of Christmas. <laughs> Zeke, I'll let you pick whatever outtakes you want. <laughs> Woo! You just have to edit the episode for me. He's the... Oh. <laughs> There's always a catch. <laughs> to say, oh, he's never given us that power. Okay. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Jake, if you see I just I'm excited Oh sorry, go ahead. No, if you if you see me playing on the Switch, it's not that I don't like the script. I love the script. I just cannot focus, so I'm this is getting me through it, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. She was Full already disclosure. anxiety before we started recording. <laughs> She's playing on her phone, okay, so I it's am. fine. I'm playing like this like Tetris game, so I get it. Jake, if you no, see I... me taking a nap, it's not because <laughs> I'm bored. If I turn and to my right and start playing Minecraft, it's not because it's... <laughs> yeah. If you hear me snoring, it's not because... 